0: Welcome to Still Pretty, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast from Chipperish Media. I'm film scholar and demon roommate, Noelle LaCroix.
1: And I'm researcher and good guesser, Dr. Kelly Jones, filling in for Lonnie Diane Rich. And we're here today to talk about Living Conditions, the second episode of season four. Living Conditions aired on October 12th,
0: 1999, and was written by your friend and mine, Marty Knoxon, and directed by David Grossman. Now, as you all know by now, Still Pretty is a fully spoiled Buffy podcast, so we could talk about anything that happens at any time in any season of Buffy and maybe even some stuff that happens on Angel. You never know. So for your listening pleasure and our speaking pleasure, um, make sure you're either caught up on the show or not spoiler sensitive. And uh, yeah, we put the girl in girl. So let's go on patrol. In living conditions, Buffy evades her annoying, nosy, mini mom roommate, Kathy, to go on patrol, but Kathy follows her and tags along. When a demon attacks, Buffy pushes Kathy into the bushes before Kathy can see the demon, fights the demon off, and tells Kathy it was a mugger. As the two girls head back to their dorm, two glowy eyed demons watch, noting, She may be the one. But in
1: demon speak,
0: go the freak, talk.
1: That's probably not good. The next day, Buffy avoids roommate drama by going to Giles to report the demon attack and to complain about Kathy. Meanwhile, Kathy gives up on scrubbing grass stains from her sweater and goes into Buffy's closet to help herself to a cardigan. She finds Buffy's duffel bag filled with weapons and crosses and looks suspiciously nonplussed. At the dining hall, Buffy avoids Kathy again by ducking into the line in front of a grade A all-American floppy hair douchebag.
0: Parker Abrams. I'm at Kresge Hall. Buffy Summers. Stevenson. Buffy joins Willow, Oz, and Xander, who's visiting from off campus, also to make the most of college dining by eating off Willow's plate. They discuss Parker and the previous night's demon attack, and Xander's ready to reassemble the Scooby gang until Kathy invites herself to their table wearing
1: Buffy's sweater. It's not a problem, is it? I mean, I figure (laughs) we're almost like sisters now, living together and everything. Back in the dorm, roommate tensions run high as Buffy and Kathy go to sleep, each deeply annoyed with the other. Buffy has a nightmare of the demon putting a scorpion on her stomach, pouring blood down her throat, and sucking a glowy essence from her mouth. The next day, Buffy tells Giles, Willow, and Oz about the dream. Kathy inserts herself into the conversation and describes the same dream. Giles thinks their encounter with the demon can be affecting both girls, and Giles, Willow, and Oz are really worried about Buffy. Okay, so that was the evil twin, right? Because she was bordering on Cordelia esque Later that night, the two demons
0: meet and confirm that she is the one. They chant around a fire to summon the great Tapa Reach. Buffy returns to her dorm room to find Parker waiting for her, but talking to Kathy. Parker brought Buffy a box of Ziploc bags to go along with his cafeteria mansplaining, but Buffy is annoyed when Kathy horns in on their conversation and asks Parker if they can meet up later. The tension between Buffy and Kathy ramps up with some passive aggressive share time. I would've killed you to be nice, you know. Looked like you were being nice enough for
1: the both of us. Oz offers to go on patrol with Buffy to keep an eye on her while Willow works on a paper, and Oz shares an intense moment of eye contact with a woman on his way to meet Buffy. Buffy complains to Oz about Kathy and gets so upset that she smashes a bitch. Back at the dorm, Kathy is cutting her toenails and letting them fly everywhere. She and Buffy continue to bicker, pencils are broken, music is cranked until Buffy goes to bed, only to have another demon-blood-scorpion nightmare. In the morning, Buffy meets Willow in the hallway, having figured it all out. I've been thinking a lot about this and it's clear to me now. Good, that's better. Kathy's evil, I'm an evil
0: fighter. It's simple, I'm gonna have to kill her. That's right, Buffy's gonna kill her roommate and she's got a Ziploc bag of toenail clippings to back her up. Demonic toenails keep growing after they're cut y'all and Buffy measured these. Willow sends Buffy to Giles and warns Kathy to stay away from Buffy for a little while. Giles, Oz, and Xander drop a net over Buffy and tie her up, believing she is possessed. Giles leaves to gather supplies for a depossession spell, and Buffy asks him to look at Kathy's toenail clippings. When Xander and Oz try to tighten Buffy's restraints, she breaks out and knocks them both unconscious.
1: Nope. Not tight enough. Giles figures out that Kathy is a soul-sucking demon from another dimension, and while these demons can assume any form, including human, they can recognize each other by their lack of soul. Giles and Willow work a spell to return Buffy's soul as Buffy and Kathy fight. Buffy rips Kathy's face away and sees the glowing demon face under the skin suit. Kathy just wants to borrow Buffy's soul so when her dad's minions show up, they'll take Buffy back to her dimension instead of Kathy. Open up! Let me finish! Kathy's demon dad arrives just as Buffy's soul is restored. It turns out
0: Kathy is 3,000 years old, but Tapareach still treats her like she's only 900. She just wanted to go to college out of state! But no, father knows best, and Kathy is sucked back into the demon portal while the Scoobies watch, and the demons disappear. The next day, Willow, who had her own roommate troubles, moves in and helps Buffy de-Cathy the room. Everything's perfect, until Buffy leaves her sandwich unattended. I've always thought I was pretty easygoing, you know? It's not like I have the big issues. I don't burn incense or... Are you going to finish this? All right, Kelly! Thank you for filling in for Lonnie this week to talk about this uh, truly
1: terrible
0: episode.
1: Maybe not terrible. <laughs> no, it was. I, it's really funny. I was so happy to get to guest on Still Pretty, and then I was like, "Oh, great! It's the roommate episode." Um. <laughs> But I actually ended up enjoying it more than I remembered because all I remembered was how much I hated Kathy, and I forgot she was a demon. So I was... also <laughs> forgot she was a demon. <laughs> I also forgot she was a demon. This is
0: my my most my my most recent rewatch. Before this one was uh, quite a few years ago. So mm-hmm. those little details, you know, like yeah. demon roommate, um, have split my mind. <laughs> But um, something something I actually appreciate about this Monster of the Week episode is that we ended last time with this idea that college for Buffy is a lot like high school. Uh-huh. And here's our first example. Um, this almost standalone Monster of the Week type, you know, of antics that revolves around the idea that your demon roommate might be a literal demon. Um, <laughs> And of course, you know, there I gave I gave the show some crap last time for, you know, making fun of Kathy's enthusiasm and her taste in music. But uh Marty Knoxon really dials it up this week with the jeans ironing and the the share song on repeat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's
0: we're really, we're really raising the stakes on this whole like Buffy's roommate is um intolerable.
1: Yeah, she irons her jeans. She's evil. And she must be destroyed. <laughs> it's so funny. I love, I love that that is evidence of evil. Right. Um, <laughs> what but
0: the thing, see the the jeans ironing I'm kind of like, "Eh, whatever." What gets me is the labeling of everything. And yes. when Buffy leaves um before before the mini fridge Incident, as Buffy's leaving the dorm, we can see that Kathy has labeled her bookshelf novels, (laughs) (laughs) in case she forgets which ones are fiction and which ones are
1: not. I don't know. I I don't know. I would smash Kathy's label maker into tiny, tiny pieces. But that's just me. And yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, but when we started this, I couldn't help wondering, like, why aren't Buffy and Willow? roommates like colleges let you request a roommate if you have a friend on campus so I I'm like why why didn't they just do that because that would have been too easy I don't know
0: (laughs) I don't know um no because because the awful roommate is a college rite of passage maybe yeah I guess I don't know I don't know um but Kathy labeling everything in the fridge, mm. including the individual eggs, is <laughs> so perfectly awful. But for me, it's like right on the edge of plausibility. And that's uh-huh. something that's something that I think this episode does really well up until, you know, we find out what's actually going on with Kathy. Is she's she's awful, but but almost it's it's almost believable. It's almost I'm almost with Giles when he says, you know, well, everybody has their idiosyncrasies and, you know, you need to to learn to live with it. Um, but of course, the individually labeled hard-boiled eggs <laughs> are so hysterical. And then we get this great close-up as she's rolling it, you know, to to crack it. And we see the shell with Kathy written on it, crack and peel away in this kind of odd foreshadowing of the face ripping that happens later on.
1: <laughs> so yeah, when I saw that in your notes and I was like, Oh my God, you are so smart. I would not have figured that out in a million years, but, but yeah. And so, I mean, some of it is, is plausible. Like some of these idiosyncrasies and <clears throat> annoyances and like, Not only is everything in the fridge labeled, everything in the fridge is Kathy's. Like, she's taken over the whole space. Yes. Yes. And then she just kind of assumes that because they're roommates, she, like, they're going to spend all their time together. She's going to go everywhere Buffy goes, and she's going to be friends with Buffy's friends. And they're like, Kathy and Boundaries, like, she's got some serious work to do. Um, But my PSA from this is, y'all, seriously, don't floss in bed. Like, don't do that. It's just gross. (laughs) That is not okay in any dimension. Like, don't do that. (laughs) That
0: would be your proof that someone was evil. You'd be like, you (laughs) know, flossing in bed. I can't.
1: No, that's just wrong.
0: I mean, yeah, but, you know, I don't... (laughs) The devil doesn't need any advocates, right? But Kathy is new to being a human, apparently. Like having escaped her demon dimension to go to college. And I don't know. I kind of like the idea that she's like trying really hard to be a good human and just like not, you know? <laughs> like she's just not very good at it. So all of the idiosyncrasies are maybe I don't know. I don't know. Demon well, she's she like
1: one sided. Yeah, like, she gets super annoyed with Buffy, like, she's measuring the milk, and she notices Buffy used some of it, but then she just goes in Buffy's closet and, like, takes a sweater and looks around, and I'm like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, no. See, like, I think you should be able to stake somebody for violating your privacy, so that would be enough for me to take her out.
0: Yeah, okay, that's, I mean, (laughs) privacy, privacy is very important. (laughs) Privacy, privacy needs to be respected. Um. But what I love is that, you know, so Kathy's a demon, which could be really terrifying, but she's got this music. (laughs) She's got this. And I'm not talking about Cher. I'm not just talking about Cher. I'm talking about her little theme music. Uh She's got this like sneaking around music in the score that's very Looney Tunes. It's like, you know, like she's Mm -hmm. going through Buffy's stuff. And this could be potentially like this could potentially put us in like a suspense horror place Mm -hmm. but i think it's so interesting that with this demon roommate scenario we've gone way way far into comedy and of course the tragic comic ending is that kathy just wanted to know shit like she just wanted to go to college (laughs) like that's really all she wanted um and you know, these dudes follow her, her, her dad's, you know, minions or whatever, follow her and suck her back home. And yeah, like you don't get to steal someone's soul just so you can go to college. But I don't know. I feel kind of bad
1: for her. Yeah, I I did too. And and I I mean, you know, I'd kill her, but I, I did feel bad for her for like wanting to go to school and not be able to um but i thought it was really interesting that we get like two kind of parallel things here because both Kathy and Giles kind of give Buffy a hard time about well you were an only child so you don't know how to share a room with somebody mm-hmm. and Kathy you know says hey we're we're almost like sisters now and we know that dawn is coming soon so mm-hmm. like that was kind of an interesting space but what really struck me is that we have you know this girl on campus who's actually a demon And her family comes to force her back home. And Buffy is just relieved, right? Right. Now, Kathy doesn't have a soul. But later, when Tara's family comes to force her back home, Buffy stands as a shield, even though at the time they thought Tara might be part demon. Right. And so, like, I didn't know if that was the one has a soul and one doesn't. One is incredibly annoying and one is incredibly hot. Like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Wait a minute.
1: (laughs) but it was it was just kind of interesting that like this is a really standalone monster of the week episode but it does hit some things that we're going to see echo in later yeah. episodes yeah. and I love being able to talk spoilers because we don't do that on Still Dead when we talk about Angel so I just want to spoil everything
0: and I don't know how I don't know how you do that because I'm like you know like we get we get several little moments in this episode that are you know previews of things to come and of course of course parker abrams floppy hair douchebag number two of season four we are in episode two (laughs) and we have our second floppy hair douchebag and i'm like how wow wow floppy hair douchebag watch 2019 we got you know last week it was riley and we have some mixed feelings on riley or at least i do but (laughs) Parker Abrams I mean my god my god he's I'll so watch bad her back and he immediately checks out her ass in this really like leering gross obvious way nope Mm-mm. no no
1: no he's so bad and I was like okay over on still dead we get to stake things we don't like <laughs> so I don't know if y'all get to do that <laughs> it's still pretty but I'm like I, I really want to get to you the guest here you get to stake whatever <laughs> you want Cause you know, like the the sometimes we see these fraternity guys, you know, floppy haired douchebags that are just assholes twenty four seven. But Parker is worse because he pretends to be all sensitive and sweet and like interested in getting to know you as a person. And like he he's the worst. He is he's just the worst. <laughs> Well, he's so
0: full of shit. I mean, his whole dining card strategy comes off as completely douchey. I mean, he's mm-hmm. clearly very proud of himself for this system that he's devised in order to pocket more of his daddy's money, which, of course, he was gonna get anyway. Um, but especially the bit about putting dry goods in a pocket. Women's clothing doesn't have pockets, you asshat. Like, really? <laughs> um, and Parker comes off especially gross in retrospect when we get to the table and there's Xander eating off Willow's plate because food isn't readily available at home.
1: Yeah. So
0: there's this this and I feel like this is a thing that Marty Knoxon does in her writing. There are just these little nuggets of like, ooh, that could go really tragic if you wanted it to. Um you know, but just these little, these little like dark, these little dark mirrors of each other. So here's Parker gaming the system with his dining card, whereas Xander has to, you know, kind of has to sneak food. And there's just something, there's there's something really sad and wrong there. And then, oh my God, Parker Abrams telling Kathy that madonna and whitney houston are underappreciated you are yeah, so full of shit what, what the hell what are oh my he, god what
1: yeah.
0: What? like what? i'm sorry i'm sorry i no <laughs> like, he's he is the full of shittiest and then of course he uses things that kathy has told him about liking hockey against her because she says and she's laughing when she says it but she's like oh that was just between us like she confided in him and then he's like using that information against her to get this in with Buffy and sort of poke fun at Kathy together because that's a thing that we do and that makes people attractive and I just I'm I'm so mad I hate Parker so much (laughs) I'm so mad okay (laughs) like that's he's just yeah
1: Yeah, and he brings Buffy a box of Ziploc bags (laughs) and I'm like is this a thing that he does like is it is it staged like you know before we record a podcast I have a pre-flight checklist because I forget shit right so I have like the steps So that I can remember everything. And I imagine Parker with like this really slimy douchebag black mini journal that he keeps in his pocket where he like writes (laughs) down girls phone numbers. But it's like step one, insert yourself in cafeteria line, teach them how to steal food and like maximize their dining experience, follow up by finding out where they live, A, which is kind of creepy, and showing up at their room with a box of Ziploc bags to get laid like i <laughs> I
0: just want to be like that's not how you use a ziploc bag But <laughs> no like like his whole thing his his whole suave thing that he's got is so affected and it just it rubs me so hard the wrong way and but i do kind of love that it's check off Ziploc bags right because <laughs> Parker brings them to Buffy and then it turns out to be the Ziploc bag full of toenails that you know turns the whole thing around so
1: yeah yeah I was wondering about that like thinking about Marty Knox's brilliance and wondering like have you ever done one of those writing prompts where somebody gives you a list of things that you have to put into a story plot and you have to like work them oh
0: in? so it's like chopped but for writing
1: yeah and so oh she's god. like okay look this episode you got to use toenail clippings and a ziploc bag okay go
0: oh my god <laughs> and i need a suggestion from the audience <laughs> <Like> exactly <that's... laughs> oh my god oh my god it's so great it's so great i love i love the gross weirdness of the bag of toenail clippings being the thing that that ends up saving the day in a weird yeah. way because of course Buffy sounds like a crazy person <laughs> she's like yeah you know and Willow has that great line about oh good thinking those toenails could have attacked you in the night and left little half moon impressions <laughs> all over your body you know it's great but then of course like Giles is convinced that Buffy has been possessed by one mm-hmm. of these demons that she fought But he still checks. Like not only does he he measure them and see that they grow, but he also, I guess, destroys one and it regenerates. And I'm like, oh
1: Giles
0: taking Buffy seriously.
1: I I mean He does. I love that that he listens to her and he, you know, he goes and looks it up, like, okay, what kind of demons have regenerative toenails? And it, it it has this kind of charming like CSI quality, like Buffy's the detective that she's so obsessed and she's so close to the case that she can't see her way clear. But he still believes in her and tests her evidence. And I love it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you you've listened to Still Pretty. I hope you listen to Still Pretty. Every- um,
1: <laughs> otherwise, we're going to have a chipperish company meeting. <laughs> um, Not only do I listen, I post the episodes for y'all. So I listen a day early
0: oh nice yeah um
1: but you know
0: you know how we feel about Giles on the mm-hmm. show how do you feel about Giles
1: oh god I love Giles so much and I haven't watched an episode of Buffy in a long time and so when I was watching the opening credits for this I was like you know Giles just gets hotter and hotter <laughs> like, <laughs> I have so much love and appreciation for him. And he's so cute. And Buffy like shows up and he's been working out and he's like, on occasion, I frolic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so adorable. You run. Yeah, she's so.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And when he says she's coming through his mail and she's got motorcycle and scooter magazine. And he's like, yes, you found me out. I'm a mod jogger. <laughs> It's so it's so lovely. I love that whole courtyard scene um where Giles is so delighted that Buffy is interested in what he's got going on because he has this very exciting Gutenberg demonology that he's gonna look at. <laughs> and then he's immediately suspicious. He realizes, wait a minute, you've never asked about me. You don't you know like, uh-huh. like yep. it, but it's so cute because he goes from like completely delighted to wait something is seriously wrong <laughs>
1: yeah well he's so great he's like dad giles you know mm-hmm. um and i and i love that with him like watching him and willow you know work spells together and oh yeah the way that he he has confidence in in these younger people you know when buffy says these toenails are demonic he checks and when he needs to work a spell, he pulls in Willow. And like, I just love that about him. He is like perfect dad. And he is such a great grown-up
0: mm-hmm. on a show
1: where we don't get a lot of like great adults in general. Yeah. But and yeah. I, I just love I love him at the end. He's like, Buffy was right. <laughs> <laughs> Toenails. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> what? Just bursting
0: in. Bursting in with the, the information that Buffy was right. And then there's some great physical performance there from Anthony Stewart Head as he's, Giles is hurrying around his apartment, gathering these supplies to do this Mm -hmm. spell. And he just announces, you know, Willow will help me do this spell. And this is after, you know, we've had several episodes where we remark on the fact that Giles thinks maybe Willow shouldn't be doing magic or maybe Willow shouldn't be doing magic at the level that she's doing magic. And here we are, season four, and Giles is just like, nope, she's capable. We need to do this spell. We're going to do this right now. I have the candles on top of my fridge. Like, I love the way he just hurries through his apartment, moving Xander out of the way, collecting supplies for the ritual. And he's just like, it's go time like it's Mm -hmm. it's it's like giles in in i think it's business giles i think that's what i like it's business giles and i'm here for it yeah
1: yeah it's really great and he just you know he just doesn't mess around but he's also not flustered and he's not panicked and he's like okay we're just gonna restore buffy's soul it will be fine here we go (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh clearly we'll just do this we'll just yeah
0: yeah Willow will help me and Xander and Oz, I love Oz taking charge and saying, "I guess that means Xander and I are going to go, you know, support Buffy." They're going to go, you know, in person, and and Xander looks a little bit like what? <laughs> like <laughs> she just, but and, Oz just like and Xander and Oz him up and off they go. <laughs> yep,
1: and Xander and Oz trying to keep Buffy tied up was so cute, like. Are you sure those ropes are tight enough? You mean we have to check? Yes. Like, <laughs> and when she knocks them out, um, there's this this little like camera zoom of them on the floor where they're both unconscious, and they're almost like cuddled up together, and it's so cute. Like they <laughs> they like, do they fall
0: they fall to the floor in this like little overlapping puppy yeah. pile, and it's very sweet. It is. It's, it's very so very sweet. sweet. It's so sweet. So the other the other man we love on this show is Oz, yeah. Um, And I think I will need to go back and check, but I think Marty Noxon writes us the Ozziest Oz that ever Mm -hmm. Ozed. I want to say all of my favorite Oz moments come from Marty Noxon, but I will confirm that and I will let you all know. Um. I love, I love Oz's take on the worst part of Buffy's dream. That's not a dream. She uh-huh. says the worst part is Kathy was there when she woke up, and Oz says, "Well, actually, the worst part. I'd have to go with the demon pouring the blood down your throat." <laughs> like, and and Willow agrees, and I'm sitting there nodding with them, like, "Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's definitely Oz's assessment of the situation." Yeah. Yeah. He's got he has several he has several really wonderful lines in that scene. And then we get a little bit of oz, like the oz that is to come when he's going out to find Buffy patrolling and he passes by Faruka. And yes! they make eye contact and then they look over their shoulders. And what was that? And I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love that whole I l lo- it's so sad and so awful. And I love that whole storyline so
1: much. So yeah, I do too. And when he when he passed Veruca, I was like, oh, oh no! And also, of course, like it's yeah. one of those conflicts that just breaks my heart, but also makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, Oz, and and I love him. Like I love when he tells Kathy that he's a good guesser, and that's how he knows what was in her dream. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> And he's just so, you know, nonplussed all the time um, when he tells Buffy, you know, on the plus side, you killed the bench and it was looking shifty. Like, he's, so, he's just yeah. so cute. And I really love when Willow is telling him, you know, like, she's, I'm really concerned about Buffy and she's going on patrol, but I've got to write this paper and I want to be in best friend girl mode. And Oz is like, well, I can do that. And yeah. And he just takes that on. You know, and yeah. and he does it really well, um, oh, and it's it's so great. It's he's so great. an acts
0: of service love language person, and yeah, it just, it, I love it so yeah. so much. I love it. I love him trying to keep the mood light with Buffy too when they're on uh-huh. patrol. Um, you know, <laughs> and he says he says, uh, so you either you either hit her or you did your little mime for her. <laughs> and then he says, Nobody deserves mine, Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> such a great line. And it's such an Oz line. Like it's uh-huh. very much an Oz line. And he keeps, he keeps with the humor. You know, you mentioned the bench line. And then and then Buffy says, This isn't funny, Oz. And he's he, you can see it sort of cross his his expression that. No, this is, this is pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Um, But he is trying, he's always trying to keep the mood light, which I really, I really appreciate in his, in his way, in his little Ozzy, yeah. Aussie, his Ozzy Oz way.
1: Yeah. Yep. And when he and Willow are talking about those nightmares, you know, when Willow's like, oh, demons should not be able to do that to somebody in their sleep. And Oz is just like, yeah, I'm against it. And he's, he's so concise. And yet. Yep. He's just, I don't know. He's just great. He's so great. And I really love Willow in this episode. Like, this was good Willow. And I forgot how cute her hair was in season four. Oh, my God.
0: Her season four hair is so good. It's really growing on me. It's really growing on me. I might do season four Willow hair.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It would look good on you.
0: It would look great
1: on you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Your I... voice just dropped half an octave. That's all. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a it's great hair. <laughs> it's a good look. It's, it's a good, a good look. look. It's a good look. Uh-huh. And and I really love um at the beginning when Buffy's getting ready to patrol, you know, and Willow's like happy hunting and Buffy says wish me monsters and I'm just like I love the Buffy Willow love story so much. Yeah. So yeah. much. And Willow is so great, like, when she thinks Buffy is either a little insane or a little possessed, you know, she she's really good about watching out for her without diminishing her experience. Like, mm-hmm. she thinks Buffy's probably crazy, but she still goes ahead and sends her to Giles and warns Giles and then, like, tries to watch out for Kathy. And I really love when, <laughs> when she told Giles on the phone That Buffy was more like homicidal crazy, so I sent her to come see you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. You deal with
0: this one. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Have fun. (laughs) Yeah. She calls Giles. She calls Giles on a payphone from the hallway of the dorm, which I just love. I love, love, love seeing the payphones, and of course in. A world where most people, certainly on a college campus, would have a smartphone in their pocket now. Mm-hmm. You know, that like so many of these stories really only work when you don't have the option to just call somebody right now. You know, yeah. or like that, that's an interesting, um it's an interesting bit of old tech that affects the storytelling mm-hmm. in a in a i don't know maybe not super meaningful way but but it definitely changes it changes the story that we're telling to not be able to just find my friends and yeah <laughs> let me google this <laughs> real quick and,
1: <laughs> and why would kathy need to log phone calls uh children because you used to have to pay for them each one individually (laughs) individually yeah
0: you paid individually Mm -hmm. i remember that
1: and i was really intrigued by like the sleep deprivation and then like the whole issue of the soul in this episode um even though like scorpions and blood ingestion nightmares like no no thank you no no thank you (laughs) And I watched this episode twice and I still have questions. Like there are things that were not super clear and maybe this is because of my own sleep deprivation. So if this is incredibly (laughs) clear to everybody else, apologies. But first of all, why the scorpion? Like, why? Why Kathy doesn't have a scorpion when she attacks Buffy at the end? Is the scorpion a soul detector? And if one of the scorpions is Kathy's, why isn't it labeled? but like
0: scorpion yeah like (laughs) that reminds me oh my god that reminds me of in teacher's pet when the the substitute teacher has her her crickets or whatever they are in the little tupperware jar it's just labeled food (laughs) in case (laughs) like in case you forgot you know scorpion. I'm just picturing like a little. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> yeah. But but I was, I was super confused because like it turns out that Kathy's been draining Buffy's soul, you know, all along. Right. So are all the changes in Buffy's personality due to like running low on soul or is it sleep deprivation or is it a combination of the two? And then we see the nightmare twice. So was the first nightmare, like did the demons from the you know the park come and do that testing on both girls to figure out who didn't have a soul and that tipped Kathy off so then Buffy's second nightmare is Kathy taking part of Buffy's soul or were they both Kathy like I I I was still confused about that
0: (laughs) and I think the answer is that it doesn't like super matter (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah, yes. I don't I don't I don't know I don't know I'm still not clear on, like, how much of this is literally happening and how much is not with the the dream sequence. Because, you know, if she's got, like, blood runes, you know, written on her belly or whatever, like, do you just, like, wash that off after the midnight ritual? Or, like, how does
1: that happen? Like, oh, you what? know Kathy has, like, really handy wipes around and they are <laughs> properly stored, folded, and labeled.
0: Extra strength. Extra strength.
1: <laughs> they sit by the ziploc bags that's where they live oh my god <laughs> and okay. the hey.
0: turpentine or whatever it is that she's using to clean yes, her sweater, clean her that sweater. Like paint thinner to anyone else yes I, like, hey. I thought it was paint thinner
1: because <laughs> i was like don't put a bottle of paint thinner on your bed i mean like kathy okay kathy seriously things not to do in bed use flammable liquids cut your toenails and floss your teeth. Like, don't do that. Don't. (laughs) Uh huh. Okay. So then when we're thinking about sleep deprivation, I was kind of wondering about this like growing tension that comes from just sheer irritation because they, I think they (laughs) do a great job of showing like roommate hate for each other's noises and habits and, temperature <laughs> preferences uh-huh. and so i was thinking about this of like how much of that would be minor if you were sharing a room with somebody you really liked versus you know like having this actual murderous urge to kill somebody because you're so goddamn annoyed that you can't see straight anymore and mm-hmm. because your stress level goes up and then you start making adrenaline right and then when you're sleep deprived your body makes more adrenaline. And that makes you hyper aware of sound. So, like, you know, mm. if, if you're stressed out, that you might like jump at a noise that otherwise you might not even have heard at all, or like been super stressed out at work and suddenly you can hear the fluorescent lights and the buzzing when normally you would just tune it out. Uh huh. And so it's like that adrenaline makes you hyper aware of sound. And so I just really thought it was interesting how the noises that each of them were making were driving the other crazy. Oh,
0: yeah. But I do wonder, I do wonder how much of that is the, the soul transfer and how much of it is general, you know, roommate crabbiness.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, soul transfer and like blood ingestion and nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, it's not good. It's not a situation you want to live in. No,
0: no. But speaking of blood ingestion, this episode of Still Pretty is brought to you by AnimalBloodmart.com, offering nightmarish ritual supplies at hellishly low prices. When you need to borrow your roommate's sweater and her soul, don't let boundaries stand in your way. AnimalBloodMart.com can ship direct to your dorm room or campus mailbox. Ask about our back-to-school specials. Students get a free scorpion with any purchase over 900 milliliters. Or take 15% off any order with the code SHARETIME. Or instead, you could use the money you would have spent on rat blood and scorpion venom to support chipperish media. We can't promise you our souls or our sweaters, but we can keep making the podcasts you love about the stories you love, like Still Dead about Angel the series hosted by Lonnie and Kelly, listen up A-Holes about the Marvel Cinematic Universe hosted by Lonnie and superhero scholar Joshua Unruh, and the Star Wars podcast Metaphors Be With You hosted by Rob Hyret. There's also Orgasm, about explosive inspiration from Kelly and me, and Lonnie's college-level course in narrative theory, How Story Works. No roommate required. Visit (laughs) patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more.
1: (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing that I wanted to talk about most, and I'm going to do this by connecting this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer to one of my favorite movies of all time. Miss Congeniality.
0: Yes the Sandra Bullock classic. <laughs> right uh-huh. so we have
1: this moment right so the undercover detective in Miss Congeniality has to become a, a contestant in a beauty pageant and she's added at, at the last second and so like there's a, a little brochure catalog or whatever that has each contestant's picture and bio and she's not in there and like her super sweet friend, you know, who's going to be her friend says, Oh, I recognized you by your lack of picture. And that's all I could think of with these (laughs) demons that can recognize each other by their lack of soul. (laughs) I knew it was you from your lack of soul. I knew it was you by your lack of picture. (laughs) I I got the biggest kick out of that. Um, But then I started really wondering about Buffy without a soul. Like, if you're still the Slayer, but your soul is taken away, would you start killing everyone who pissed you off? Like, would you become incredibly paranoid and obsessive and homicidal? Like, a Slayer without a soul would be a terrifying and compelling story. And would they still be compelled to kill vampires? Yeah, see, I don't know. That's a really,
0: really interesting question. And especially since Buffy's, like the effect on Buffy seems to be this hyper awareness mm-hmm. of everything Kathy does, but then also a kind of paranoia, or mm-hmm. it comes across like paranoia. When, of course, yeah. you know, just because they're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. <laughs> that <Right>. whole, <laughs> you yeah. know, that whole line of thinking. Like, but she, from the outside and to her friends and to Giles, Buffy just seems really, really paranoid and kind of, um, hyper focused Mm -hmm. on this on this stressful situation and i wonder i wonder about that because we've seen we've seen a vampire with a soul Mm -hmm. we have we've seen vampires without souls we've seen evil people but a slayer without a soul a slayer with a a slow soul leak is what (laughs) we get here and maybe because it's a slow leak it kind of keeps her in control a little bit more and she's not just all homicidal all the time except that she's right that's the
1: weird you know right not that she needs to kill Kathy but that Kathy is evil yeah yeah And, and I like it because she you know even at the very beginning right when she's telling Giles about Kathy she has this moment where she's like well maybe it's just me and then she says no it's not Just me, like she trusts her own intuition, and I really like that. Um, But you know, when then when she's like low on soul, she says, "Kathy is evil. I'm an evil fighter. It's simple. I'm gonna have to kill her." And you (laughs) you see, like that danger of clarity of purpose, Um, and it Mm -hmm. just it reminded me, um, you know, Lonnie and I podcast about Angel the series, and. The most disturbing and difficult episode of that show, and, and in fact, it's one of the most difficult episodes of tel- all of television for me, comes in season five. It's episode 11. It's called Damage. And it's about a Slayer who was tormented into insanity and became truly psychotic. And it, it is so scary and it is so dark. Um, that it, but I, it was just a kind of an interesting connection back to this more very light hearted episode of Buffy mm-hmm. and then I started wondering about the effects of sharing part of a soul because Kathy is pulling this out of Buffy so she's kind of sharing that soul yeah. right and is that why Kathy is so drawn to Buffy's friends and wants to be friends with Buffy's friends and like mm-hmm. Confides in Willow and seems to trust Willow because she's literally sharing part of Buffy's soul.
0: Oh you no! Know, I love that. I love that you bring. I love that you bring your philosophical, you know, <laughs> questions about the nature of the soul and what it would be like to have part of a soul and what would it be like to share a soul with someone. <laughs> I don't know, but that's so sweet. And you know, it's. It's funny because I just said, I just got through saying that Kathy's evil, but I don't know that she is so much. I mean, stealing, stealing Buffy's soul so that her father and his goons will take Buffy instead of her. But we don't know what her home life is like. Right. We don't know. You know. Right. And, like... and we don't,
1: I mean, she's incredibly annoying and she has no boundaries, but we don't see her do anything harmful until she is threatened. Like, if left to her own devices if she was just allowed to go to college there and not threaten to be taken back to this dimension which could be awful we don't know mhm we didn't see her try to hurt anybody you know and yeah. even and even with the soul thing i mean not you know it's wrong it's terrible i'm not justifying <laughs> it but she was it sounded like she was planning on returning it like she she wanted to borrow buffy's soul
0: to borrow it
1: you know, well, of course, yeah. and that sends Buffy back to whatever dimension, which is is terrible and very, very bad. But in terms of what we would expect from a quote unquote demon, I don't know how high it hits on the scale of evil.
0: Yeah. And now she does throw the first punch. And they true. get into their physical altercation. She Buffy kicks the rug up, and then Kathy responds by punching her in the face, which a touch of overreaction (laughs) (laughs) but I love that moment I love the moment where Buffy grabs she's got Kathy kind of by the hair and of course like pull ends up pulling her face away which is such a great effect and I love that Buffy's reaction to this horrific you know body horror moment is I knew it (laughs) she's so excited it's so great (laughs) <laughs> She's so excited. She knew it all along. And of course, that is something that you know I I have very mixed feelings about Buffy being right, mm-hmm. about being so I almost want to say obsessed by Kathy and how annoying she is. Mm-hmm. It turns out that yeah, Buffy was right to be incredibly irritated and suspicious I don't know I like I guess I don't like what that's saying on a on a macro scale you know mm-hmm. a, like if someone is really annoying yes they're actually a demon and, <laughs> and you should send them back off. to their dimension you know <laughs> rather than just like can we just like maybe find a way to switch roommates
1: yeah yeah or
0: something Which, but yeah but
1: I did like I'm not you know, yes, it's it's dangerous when you're getting into that kind of paranoid, violent, obsessive, you know, take on somebody. But when I thought about the difference between Buffy and Willow, they each have terrible roommates. Mm-hmm. Willow's might actually be worse. Like, she can't even go in her room. She can't study. Mm-hmm. They're having all these parties in there. Her whole space is invaded. But Willow doesn't complain and she doesn't confront. Whereas Buffy takes it on like a criminal case and like, is determined to figure it out and like, you know, kill this demon roommate. But I think we do, especially to girls, a huge disservice of discounting your intuition in the service of politeness. Mm. And Buffy Mm. knows that there is something up with Kathy. And like Kathy doesn't respect her space or her privacy. She, you know, is showing up, following her around, inserting herself into her life. And like, those things are not okay. And so, I do worry about that. Yes, you were super paranoid and violent, but you were also right. But I think there is something to be said about trusting your intuition when you feel like you're supposed to be polite. I still think there's some power in that.
0: No, I think you're right about that. Maybe no, don't I rip think...
1: off somebody's face.
0: Right, right. Maybe, maybe don't do that. Right. But... <laughs> I mean, certainly not as, like, a first step. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. There are other you know, steps <laughs> of mediation that can... Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, but of course that is an interesting... That's an interesting storytelling problem always. Because, yeah, like, she should, you know, she should be taken seriously. Buffy should be taken seriously. Um Especially as the main character, there are advantages to being the titular character. But (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But you are absolutely right that we do tell young women not to trust their intuition, especially when someone rubs them the wrong way. And they really should, you know, try to make the best of a bad situation. And just can't we all just get along?
1: hmm well yeah, yeah and especially because giles at the beginning is even like buffy makes this joke and she's like so if i don't learn how to put up with somebody else's it is you know somebody else's annoying habits i'm gonna end up as a crazy old lady who just lives with cats so like we're <laughs> and, and it's it's subtle but i it just it was still there enough to to kind of bother the, me
0: no i get no i get it i hear what you're saying because there is a misogyny in the idea that you need to you as a as a girl need to get along with people, that it's your job to be agreeable.
1: hmm
0: I guess. Yeah. And of yeah. course that's the you know that's a fate worse than death, being <laughs> alone living only with cats. <laughs> whereas, <laughs> whereas I'm like, no, you know what? That sounds really good. I just <laughs> Like, how many cats are we talking here? Like, that's (laughs) really my question.
1: So, Noelle, what are you wearing? So,
0: I absolutely love, 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 love Oz's sheepskin coat. I think I've probably talked about this before, but he is literally a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, I have Ozmost from the Buffy fan community. We are legion. That um, <laughs> that was on purpose. He's, he's literally wearing, he's literally a wolf in sheep's clothing. And of course, he's wearing it as he passes Veruca, who we don't know yet, but we will.
1: <laughs> we will. Werewolf Veruca. I love that oh, so much. And one of my favorite things about Oz is how often his hair changes color. And in this episode, his hair is the exact same color as that coat. It's so good. I, lo- I love
0: I love the detail of Oz's hair and I love the way mm-hmm. they acknowledged it you know early on Willow says your hair is brown and he says sometimes and that's <laughs> all we ever hear it's so good <laughs> and it works so well for the character I love it I love that this is this little
1: detail about Oz
0: That yeah his hair is just different colors sometimes yeah
1: just different colors and, and just and- does that I loved Willow's gray crochet sweater cover poncho thing. Her poncho? I have no idea what it signifies, but I love it.
0: Well, Willow has gotten, I mean, Willow's gotten way more fashionable now that she's in college Mm -hmm. Um, and not mainstream fashionable necessarily. Like she's really starting to look like her funky Academic witchy self, mm-hmm. I think I mean willows willows clothing is some of my favorite costuming in the whole series. It's so much fun, and she just I think she just continues to look more and more badass as we go, yeah, uh, certainly through season four, yeah. and <laughs> speaking of things progressing as Buffy gets more sleep deprived, her under eye eyeliner gets thicker. Which is a great way of making her look, like, fashionably sleep-deprived. But it also kind of gives her that, like, like, evil Mm -hmm. question mark kind of Mm -hmm. look. Like, she looks a little bit sinister, especially when she raises her head up, you know, so that she's kind of looking through her eyebrows at Xander and Oz as they contemplate her restraints. Um. But I have no idea what's going on with Buffy's outfit, that outfit that she's wearing when she, um, you know, when when the guys net her and tie her up. And then when she goes back to the room and has her her altercation with Kathy, she's wearing this like I don't even know what it is. I think it's like a brown shirt and skirt with this like khaki button front shirt knotted her midriff over top and she looks like she's weirdly going on safari but i don't know i don't know it's such a it it's such a strange choice maybe it was the style in 1999 and i just didn't know because i wasn't cool um (laughs) like it just reads really weird to me and maybe it's supposed to maybe we're supposed to be like "Mm, something's off with buffy that doesn't look right yeah um but i don't know i don't know what to make of that
1: no, it was, it was definitely an odd outfit, but I love your noticing the eyeliner because to me, she just looked like she was getting more tired and a little more crazy, and now I know why. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, it was. It's, a lot of that is the eyeliner. Um, but I don't know that I would have the- noticed that without you, so I'm glad you pointed it out. <laughs> it's the evil shadowy
0: eyeliner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can always spot the... Yeah, yep. So what's your girl power moment of the week?
0: I... I'm always partial to a Willow girl power type moment. So Willow's quick thinking with Buffy and then, you know, sending her off to Giles and then calling Giles. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned earlier the way that Willow also wants to protect everybody involved. So she's going to she's going to make sure that Buffy doesn't hurt Kathy either, Um, which is so very, so very Willow of yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. But um it's really, really good. But her I knew but Buffy's I knew it is just delightful. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Have you, it's so have you good. got anything
1: to add for girl power? I just I really, really love that Buffy's instincts were were spot on. And that and that she took it to the level that she took it of like measuring toenails, which sounds crazy, but she knew she was right and she was right and yeah I'm just that's a demon thing right <laughs> that's a demon thing because buffy is thing. she is both smart and badass and like she's thinking critically about this even though she's you know running low on soul power and sleep she's <laughs> she's still weighing the evidence and like <laughs> i like it so what's your favorite part my favorite part is
0: Giles enjoying Buffy asking about his day and then realizing that that's completely out of character for her and whirling around and you know <laughs> what's wrong like that's <laughs> that that quick shift for Giles is so wonderful and so delightful and Anthony Stewart had always just like goes goes the extra mile with everything they give him to do so it's my favorite part
1: What is your favorite part I was tied between Giles and Willow working the spell together because I, I always love that and everything Oz, especially with him staying with Buffy on patrol. But when Oz shines, he just shines, you know, like the moon. I mean, I love him. I love him and I love Giles and we got really good Giles and really good Oz.
0: All right, that's it for today. To join in the discussion on Twitter, follow Kelly at Dr. Kelly Jones and me at Noelle Aloud and Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich and use the hashtag Still Pretty.
1: Or you can keep Chipperish Media going to the tune of a dollar a month or more and gain access to the live chat and Discord where you can hang out with all of us and the Chipperish patrons who know better than to horn in on each other's dreams.
0: You can also show your support by giving Still Pretty a great review on Apple Podcasts or by telling your friends about the show or by measuring your roommate's toenail clippings to check for demon traits.
1: Noelle and Lonnie will be back next time with The Harsh Light of Day, the third episode of Season 4. Until then, we'll show you share time.